Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. again, everybody. I'm Derek Gunn. This is Gunna One, the podcast. It is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. And, you know, it's, it's that old saying is, you don't realize how much you miss something until it's gone. And wow, was that so true in 2020 when we didn't have an NCAA tournament? A huge void in our sports lives was created. And now we look at 2021 and the March Madness is back with a vengeance, and as always, it has provided up to this point thrills, chills, and spills. So now that we are down to the round of Sweet 16, I wanted to bring in somebody to look past the last two rounds and to look ahead to what's to come, and I couldn't think of a better guy to bring in than a man who created this term called bracketology. We thought way back when was a novelty, and now it has become a vibrant part of our college basketball vocabulary. He is the one, the only ESPN's own Joe Lenardi. Joe, how you doing, man? Derek, I am great. And just hearing your voice makes me smile. <laughs> you just have that, 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 I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I think we share this. Yep. We, you can take your work seriously without taking yourself seriously. And anybody who watched you for all those years, uh, you know, knows that that you can do both. And anybody who watched the way the players on the Eagles connected to you, uh, how many times did you trash talk coming out of the tunnel with Brandon Graham? <laughs> and, you know, I'm one of those people that the minute the game was over, I flipped over to to you guys on the on the coverage and uh 
you know, mostly it was just to make fun of Barkham. But like, <laughs> other than that, uh, other than, you, you know, like I was on with you guys back in the day and, and I love those days. You know, man, you, you go back to those days when we were Comcast Sportsnet, now it's NBC Sports Philadelphia, and we'd bring on this guy named Joe Lenardi, and he comes up with this term, bracketology. And we're thinking, okay, that's pretty cute. And then more and more people start saying it, and more and more people start saying it. Did you ever think it would become a part of the sports vocabulary the way it has? Derek, I'd like to say there was this grand plan uh, but but as you know so well, uh, life is what happens when, you know, grand plans are being written by us for other things. Yep. And uh, yeah, I thought if I pecked away at it, it could, you know, people would have some interest in it, but I certainly didn't envision all of that. I mean, I'm not that smart fundamentally. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Well, appreciate that. I, I, I'm not that smart at the business of business. I know that. Okay. Uh, and and nor did I ever really care about it because I always had a real job, you know, on the side at St. Joe's. And now I'm old enough that that you know I don't need that anymore, and and uh, they don't need me. So that's all good. <laughs> that's all good. Uh, and 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 I've worked my little took us off here the last couple three months on college basketball and. Now we start to decompress a bit. And yep. uh, as, as you know, one of two things is going to happen next. Either I'm going to get to the first tee or the inevitable season-ending honey-do list is going to appear. <laughs> and uh, if, if history is any guide, uh, you take the misses and the points in that, in that little debate there. I, I think the honey-do list is going to precede the first tee. Take it from firsthand experience. Oh, no, no doubt. You know, my dad used to say, God love him. He's, you know, they were, they were married 53 years. He's, I made it perfectly clear to Carmelo that I would make all the big decisions. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and in 53 years, we didn't have one big decision. We had 8 million, eight million little ones, and she made all of them. <laughs> and, isn't that the truth oh my goodness hey look you know you you go back to the 2008 season when you predicted all 65 teams that would make the tournament correctly and i'm like oh, come on are you serious all right now let's fast forward ahead to this year how close did you come to getting all 68 right i missed one wait a minute you got 67 out of 68 yeah, that's kind of my average. They're about wow six and a half uh, for the last decade or so. All right, when was the la when was the last time you got them all right? Now beyond two thousand eight, when was the last time? Twenty thirteen, the year Lasalle went to the Sweet Sixteen. They were like the last team in, and I got them and got all sixty eight. Jeez, which of course made our friend John Janini very happy. <laughs> you know, you I don't have to tell you this, but not hundreds, not thousands, but millions of people rely, and sports bettors, let's, let's include the sports bettors, rely on Joe Lenardi's expertise to help them navigate their way through the NCAA tournament. So you're like a college basketball sensei, a guru. You, you, 
You, you might be the Gandhi of college basketball. Eric, I once lost the family bracket to a Cocker Spaniel. For- oh, come on, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's not, you you know, he's not living anymore. I won't say yeah. that they're related uh, incidents. But, no, I mean, look, isn't what makes the tournament great? It's yes. unpredictability. Yes. Right? It's an addiction. It's it's not like pro sports where, you, you know, the best teams generally win. Like like in the NBA, which is the most comparable, right? You know, whoever you want to pick, LeBron, Michael, Larry, Magic, whomever, Doctor J, and my day, like are always playing at the end because they play a best of seven. Yes, of forty eight minute games played by men, right? Like like we are now talking. You know, 40-minute games played by a younger and younger, you know, kind of nucleus of players every year. And, of course, it's going to be unpredictable. Like, when we were 18 and 19, I'm going to take a wild guess that we were unpredictable. Absolutely. I know I was. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't want to brag about all of our exploits. All right, let's jump into this tournament. Two rounds have been completed. I want to start with Villanova. Um, they go into this tournament uh, without their Big East co-player of the year and Colin Gillespie. Uh, they, str- they struggled down the stretch, no question about it. was waiting to see how they would respond without Gillespie. Well, they start off with this team, Winthrop. They, they struggled, but they finally were able to put them away. And then they come out against a team from North Texas that, that shocked the world and eliminated Purdue, and he beat them by like 23. Give me, your, give me your perspective on which Villanova team we're watching here. Well, I thought they would beat Winthrop, uh, and, and, and I know about the whole 5-12 thing, yeah. right? And we're all on the lookout for that every year. But, but I really believed, having seen Winthrop a couple of times, and, and, and look, Winthrop had the second-best winning percentage in America after Gonzaga, they lost one game by a bucket like three months ago. So they were a formidable draw for Villanova. I, I just thought that Winthrop's way of, of winning, which is to kind of speed you up and, and take a lot of threes and try and pace and space you, right? Like Jay has you know, won in this tournament a couple of times. And I thought that he would be ready for that mm-hmm. and that he, he wouldn't let his guys get sped up mm-hmm. and that he would run Winthrop off the three-point line because while they did have one really big guy, he wasn't as nimble and as athletic as Villanova's front court. And that Jay probably figured we, we will win that game inside. And he did, and they did, and they moved on. And then they just caught a huge break because mm-hmm. certainly uh, they would have been underdogs against Purdue without Colin Gillespie. Right. But, you know, the beauty of the tournament, they didn't play Purdue. Mm. And great. And, you know, North Texas apparently was was kind of happy to get get its moment and then didn't play anywhere near as well against Villanova. The Cats had something to do with that because, you know, they shot the lights out in that round two game. Uh, But, you know, here we are. 
Sweet 16 for Villanova again. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is coming from a guy who, as we know, is it bleeds St. Joe, Crimson, and Gray. Um, like, what has gone on there in the last seven, eight years at Villanova is one of the most extraordinary runs ever mm. in the sport. Uh, I, I, I may not be allowed to say nice things about them with <laughs> my college buddies, but, I mean, I can count. Right. right. And, right. you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you don't have to like the Patriots either. And I don't. But but we can count. Right. Absolutely. Right. And we can also count, you know, 41, 33. But that's just a number that floats around, <laughs> my, head, floats around my head from time to time. Uh, now, having said that, I would I don't want to say I would be shocked but I would be extremely surprised if they're able to take out Baylor. Yeah. Like Baylor, there was a good portion of the season when it wasn't Gonzaga and everybody else. It was Gonzaga and Baylor and everybody else, 1A and 1B. And then Baylor had a pretty long pause in February. They didn't play for almost three weeks. And, you know, they, 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 sputtered a bit when they first came back, but they seem to be getting, getting it together now. And I remember talking to their coach, Scott Drew before the tournament. And, and he said, if we can just get past that first weekend, which they now have, he said, I get a week of practice and that's what we've missed the most yeah. getting in the gym and getting our edge. And he said, if we get through that first weekend, uh, he said, I think I can get us back to where we were at that, you know, level of, of December, January. And, you know, that would pretty much point toward uh, the Gonzaga Baylor final that, you mm-hmm. know, we all kind of wanted a month or two ago. Sure. Uh, when, when I look at this Villanova team through the first two games, two things come to mind. Um, number one, they need to get more help from their bench. Number two, they've got to be a little bit more tenacious on the board uh, moving forward because the competition now gets a whole lot stiffer. You agree or disagree with that? Well, I think their bench is automatically weaker because now one of those guys is in the starting lineup. Yep. Right? So you lose a guy like Colin, you're essentially weakening two spots. Uh, and, and you know, they're not a big, brawny, physical. Right. Team. And frankly, neither is Baylor. Right. Uh, but, but, Man, Baylor's got older guys around the perimeter who can do it at both ends. And and I I think maybe the that missing ball handler could be the issue in this game. Uh, but we know they'll be prepared. Uh, we we know there'll be a great game plan. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's, you know, 50 to 50 with eight minutes to go mm-hmm. uh, because Jay will get them that far and then you know can villanova who's younger uh and without their you know senior kind of general floor general can can they stay with baylor in that last you know eight ten minutes of the game the basketball part of me is saying i don't think so right i i I look at this baylor squad and i think fast and furious on both ends of the floor they are one of the quickest teams I've seen in quite some time. 
They've got five guys shooting the three uh, for over 40% from beyond the arc. Um, and there's all these interchangeable parts, man. I look at, it doesn't make a difference who they bring in. It doesn't slow down the pace. If Jay Wright can hold that team that's averaging um, um, like 83 points a game in the 50s, that's a monumental victory right there. It, it, it is, but I'll say this about Baylor. Yeah. Some fast teams can't win slow. True. Yep. Baylor can, and they have over and over because they're in the Big 12 with the West Virginias and the Texas Techs that, you know, kind of want to beat you up and, 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 and grind it out. And, you know, they did win that league going away. So, like, I, I think Baylor is really good. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's combine the professional insight of Joe Lenardi with the heartfelt insight. Does Villanova's journey end against Baylor? Yes. Plain and simple. In a word, yes. Okay. Because I learned a long, long time ago, and we all did in basketball, I mean, look, Jay is phenomenal. Yep. He's a Hall of Famer, or at least will be. It's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmys and the Joes. And, and right now, Baylor has more Jimmys and Joes than Villanova does. I, I want to give you props on something. Uh, before the tournament tipped off, I saw where you predicted that Oral Roberts could take out the two-seed Ohio State. And I'm thinking – Look, I have the utmost respect for Joe, but did he hit his head before making this prediction or what? Does he have a mild concussion of some type? And lo and behold, doggone it, you predicted it correctly. How did you, what made you even think that Oral Roberts could take down Ohio State? Well, I did get some pictures from some friends before that. Yeah. Derek, where, where they had some cheese. And they had some cracker, and the cheese was off the cracker. <laughs> Come on, that, man! <laughs> that was that was what that was what they thought. Look, I, I do this kind of analytically, not always. I mean, I have heart picks also, but sure. all right. A typical two fifteen game, right? The true talent gap is like this, right? You know, we're talking like a twelve and four NFL team against a two and 14 NFL team, right? Let's just say, right. Well, I think Ohio state was a huge overachiever this year to mm. run with the big dogs in the big 10. And they did like, they were right there with Illinois and Michigan and Iowa. Uh, but I don't think anybody realistically would, you know, take Ohio state's roster when they could have had, the roster of those big 10 big guys. I, I mean, you, you know, the elite team. Sure. So, so they were more of an ensemble cast, if you will. Oral Roberts, on the other hand, I had seen a couple of times, uh, and they were in an event back in November that, that I did some studio work for uh, one of those tournaments. And I thought, hmm. And they had a guy, uh, Max Asmus, who all he did was lead the country in scoring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he looked like one of those guys who could take over a game. I'm not saying he's Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's Dame Lillard. But for a game, for a game or two, I thought he could be, here's a local reference. I thought he could be Jameer Nelson. Okay. Okay. He's not Jameer Nelson either, but... I thought he would be the best player in that game. 
right? Which to me brought the gap like this. So maybe it's 10 and six against nine and seven uh-huh. in a wild card game and to, to, to take the analogy. And so my thought wasn't that, oh my gosh, or Roberts is going to win the game. My thought process was I'm looking for value in the differential. And to me, it was not a 215 game in true talent. It was maybe more like a 5-12-6-11, where the 11s and 12s win frequently. Frequently. Sometimes half the time. Uh, and that was why I picked them. Of course, I didn't pick them to win two games. Right, right. I thought that because there's always one of those big boys that goes out. You look and you say, all right, who could be vulnerable? And is there a path for the underdog? Right. And that was that was why I picked it. But, man, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know, I like people call me clairvoyant picking want me to pick stocks and real estate now. Right. Right. There you go. See, you know, I'm, I'm I, I really think I need to stay in my lane. Can, can you pick the horses? Can, not can even a little bit. No? Not even, although no. I have a date. I have a spring date with, with our old pal, Dick Girardi. He's, I've always wanted to learn about the horses. He's going to take me to the track and explain it to me. All right. Now, you, you were talking about the Big Ten. They, they sent nine teams to the tournament. Yes, they, had one team, they had one team left. Was, was the Big Ten overrated? Did we miss something? No, I don't think so. Uh, e- easy to say that now. Sure. But... Uh, you know, I always say that if if I were an athletic director, and thank goodness I'm not, but if I were and I was in charge of evaluating basketball coaching staff performance, what is a greater barometer of quality? What you do in three weeks mm-hmm. or what you do over three months, right? Of course we overemphasize the tournament. I'm one of the reasons why that happens. We blame you, Joe. It, well, I'm, I mean, I might be this much of a reason. <laughs> it is a reason. And, you, you know, we're under the microscope of the tournament. Like, like again, in your world, like, if Buddy Ryan doesn't lose three playoff games, maybe he coaches the Eagles for 10 more years. Right? But he did, and that was that. Uh in, in, so, you, you know, you have enough early exits from the tournament. Pretty soon you start, you know, doing studio work in, for TV. And, mm-hmm. and, wow. and that, that's just the deal. And I, I, I would say that the Big Ten was very high quality okay. this year. And, and, you know, look, Michigan is still alive. They're one of three one seeds left. They could absolutely win it all. And, y- y- you know, if they do, they will have overcome considerable adversity. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the injury to their leading scorer, Isaiah mm-hmm. being out. I'm talking about the fact that, like, whenever they turn around and look at the bench, Martelli's sitting there. So, like, how good <laughs> Phil's going to hear you say this stuff about him. Oh, he knows already. <laughs> All right, let, let's go to the left coast. You still have four Pac-12 schools in there. Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm watching this USC team, Ooh. and the way they they took Kansas, the three C to the woodshed. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is the Pac-12 that good? Was USC that good that they were a six seed? 
Well, there, there are two different questions. No, okay. the Pac-12 was not quite that good. But I thought all year that Southern Cal could be because wow. we all saw Evan Mobley last night, who is like a little basketball savant, if you will. And when he grows into that body, like we are talking, you know, first team all NBA type stuff mm. because he can do everything. And, you know, again, I, I kind of have to stay up and watch the late games. Or at least, you know, that's what I tell my wife. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 he was as impactful for Southern Cal this year, Evan Mobley was, as Cade Cunningham was for Oklahoma State. We just didn't see Southern Cal on ESPN three nights a week. So, you know, a lot of people didn't know about them. And Bill Self was the first one to say after the game, you know, we need to get stronger and faster he knew Mm -hmm. he wasn't a vintage kansas team he didn't have a lottery pick or two or three like he often does and i thought that while not particularly underseeded because they did lose a game or two that they shouldn't have i thought southern cal was uh the best team in that half of the bracket in the west and actually in my sweet 16 I have Southern Cal and Oregon together playing in this next round. Mm. So we, 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 we got that one right. Yes. Yes, I believe that. It was my pick at the beginning of the year that, that they would play in the championship game. At that time, I picked Baylor. And at the start of this tournament, I picked Gonzaga because Derek, I mean, we're in the prediction business, right? When we do TV. Sure. Why be wrong once when you can be wrong more than once? There you go. There you go. Uh, So there's always to that feel good story in the tournament and Loyola, Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, Again, you know, here they are in the round of 16 and everybody, you know, the, the bigger story is sister Jean again, as was the case back in 2018. Uh, she 101 years old, and, and and Joe, you have become basketball royalty because I saw the interview you did with her, where she was matching bracketology wits with Joe Lenardi, and I'm thinking when you get an audience with Sister Jean one on one to talk college basketball, you have ascended to the level of basketball royalty, my friend. So I bow before you, <laughs> Derek. Derek, so so how about this line? Did, didn't make it on air. I'm like, well, you know, sister, you know, three years ago when we saw this act, like you were a 98-year-old rookie. <laughs> but but now you're a grizzled 101-year-old. No, you and, didn't. No, you didn't. And, and we're comparing <laughs> our picks, and she didn't like one of my picks, and I had Georgia Tech, and she had Loyola, and, and I started to get the old, you know, nun pulling me on the ear thing from grade school. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, Joseph, if you'd been around as long as I have, you wouldn't do this or that or the other thing. And uh, I now have Sister Jean's email. So, like, I, I, I got to think that, you know, the, the, the absence, the positive test for Georgia Tech's best player, the ACC player of the year, and then the absolute flat-footed, 
kind of just lackluster, no energy effort by Illinois. Yeah. Like, like she, she's she's talking to the man upstairs here. Like something is going on, and they're pretty good. Oh my goodness! All right, so so who could possibly take down Gonzaga or Baylor? Could it be Arkansas, Alabama, Michigan? Who has the best shot? I, I would say Alabama. Okay, they are they they are loaded and they're older. Okay. Okay, and now, like I thought, they were going to have to go through Texas in their half for the bracket, but now I think it's it's UCLA, right? And yep. uh, you know, two eleven. Like I'm not saying that they're going, but they should be in that regional final. And, and sure, I, I actually think Alabama is going to the final four. Really? Yes. Wow. You know, you were talking about that Michigan team and I have, you know, being from Wisconsin and a fan of big 10 basketball, I watch a lot of Wisconsin basketball. Unfortunately, they bowed out to a very good Baylor team. But when I look up, when I watch this Michigan team and the first thing that comes to mind is they can beat you at their game or they can adapt in a hurry and beat you at your game. And what Jawan Howard has done with that Michigan squad has been incredible up there. And I think a lot of people overlook the fact that Michigan is not just a good team, but they are a very well-coached team as well. Well, and they love him. Like, you can just see – like, look, we've been around sports long enough to know. Yep. When, at any level, you know, some teams play for the coach. Yep. And some teams play in spite of the coach. And, and either can be successful – in a short-term motivating way, mm-hmm. they love him. You can just see it in their body language and the way they care for one another and the way they respond to him. And I, look, I give them all the credit in the world because like Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, he didn't go in as a figurehead. He went in and he rolled up his sleeves and and and, and he got after it, recruiting and, and X and O and and everything. And yes, you know, I talk to Phil a lot and I, I, I get a, a fair amount of inside information at, at, in, in terms of the, of, of the off-court stuff at Michigan. But I mean, even if you didn't have that, just look at them. Yeah. And, and like they had a great coach in John Beeline. Like they, they were in a couple Final Fours and championship games with mm-hmm. Beeline. Like if possible, not only have they not missed a beat, they might be better. And they've got the nation's best recruiting class coming in next year. Jeez. So, you know, go blue. Mm. All right, who wins it all? Who, who's taking home the title in 2021? Uh, I'm going with Gonzaga. Okay. Uh, this team is historically good. Now, again, the best team doesn't always win the tournament. In fact, they rarely win the tournament. Uh, but it's not a bad place to start when you're mm-hmm. forecasting. And what I'm here to say is th- those of us who are old heads who grew up probably watching, you know, the UCLA dynasty yeah. in, in the 60s, late 60s and early 70s. And, and I'm not saying they're that good. Okay. Like, like Bill Walton's not out there. Right. Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not out there, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
but the way they do it right. is reminiscent to me, both what I remember and, and what I've read. And it's this, Derek, like they know they're more skilled than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. They know that you know that and they don't care. Right. What they're going to say nicely is we're going to speed you up. Mm-hmm. Bad night, we're going to get 85. On a good night, we're going to get 100. Mm. Try to keep up. Mm. Every game, every game, there's like a 20 to 4 spurt. Okay? And that's exactly what UCLA used to do. And John Wooden used to say, I'm going to get that spurt, and then I win the game. Because if you look at up, like, if you took – 50 games where there was a 20 to four advantage for either side at some point. Right. Guessing that team's going like 48 and two or something like that in those games. Right. Like, like we're going to have that moment. That's what, you know, they're, they're 28. They've only lost or they've only won one game by single digits. Jeez. Oh my goodness. I hope it. I hope it happens. I would love to see. I think it'd be great. Baylor and Gonzaga. Great for the sport. Yeah, I think it would be epic. Like a non-football school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know when when you look at the volume of time and effort you put into what you do every year, how many hours a day a week do you spend studying tendencies, watching game film, watching games just to get ready for this tournament? Well, let. You know, let's be clear. When I speak to school groups, yeah, right, and 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 I seem to have a propensity to get invited to like a lot of times all boys schools, like teachers who teach advanced math, which is an excuse <laughs> to bring in Joey brackets, and I'm a sucker, and I'll go, and, and I'll and you know, Joe, what what what's the most important thing about it? And I'll say, fellas, your life goals should be very simple, and it should be to make the following statement always true. And they're like, what, what, what? And, you know, they, they lean forward and I go, this is the key. Honey, I have to watch the rest of this game for work, right? If you can get that going for you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a good life. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I probably track more games than I actually sit and watch. Okay. Particularly, you know, in, in, in the teeth of the conference season, you know, when my updates are, are so frequent, you know, on a Saturday, there might be 30 games going on at any one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm keeping track of all that. And yeah, I would say until the last month or so, it's about 25, 30 hours a week. Wow. That's not, that's not much. I thought it would be a lot more. But then it goes like for the last six weeks, yeah. it's like 60, 70. And then come early March, it's like every waking minute. Mm. You know, over. Right. Like if you had called me a month ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Okay. So, so when, the, when the college basketball season's over, then what do you do? Do you spend every day out on the golf course? What do you do? Look at ah ah. That's his 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 soft spot. It it Golden. is it yeah. is definitely. Uh, I I I don't get cheated. I I do play a fair amount of golf. Uh, 
badly, uh, but I love it. And uh, well, last year, you know, all jokes aside, I did write a book uh, and that was pretty cool. Never did that before. Yeah, We had some extra time on our hands, right? And yeah, I'm, I'm still like, this is only going to be my second season without a real job. Uh, mm. so I'm, I'm hoping to lower that handicap. And uh, we, this past off season, we managed uh, to, to get a little place at the beach. So yeah. I suspect there'll be some handyman stuff going on there mm-hmm. uh, that I'll be asked to do. Uh, and believe it or not, after the Sweet 16, I start working on next year's bracket. Already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There'll be one that goes up sometime in April. Oh, my goodness. It won't be bad. It, it'll, be, it'll be representative. I've developed a bit of an algorithm where uh, I factor in returning minutes, the offensive and defensive efficiency of those minutes. I sprinkle in a little of my secret sauce and come up with 68 teams. You you uh you led me into my next question, which is, or statement I should say, which is uh, I know that you wrote a book called Bracketology, um, and uh, I'm looking at it over your left shoulder right now. Um, tell me what was that like? Because as you just said, you never did that before. What was it like to write a book? How tedious was it? Even though we had a lot of ample time last year, how tedious was it? And how rewarding was it for you at the same time? Well, I've been offered this opportunity in the past and been approached by other authors. And to be honest, it it just didn't feel right. I don't know if it's because I had, you know, usually by the end of the tournament, I'm pretty gassed. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been burning the candle, you know. And I just want to, well, I want to just get back to having one job, as was the case for most of those years, or at least, you know, not have every leisure hour accounted for. But but this time, uh, my co-writer, great guys, you know, stayed after me. And he said, you know, let's do this. And I Mm -hmm. said, okay, this was like last April and May. I said like look at these look at this vacant time like if if i'm ever gonna do it this would seem to be the 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 moment and uh i i also didn't want it to kind of be my life story not not out of false modesty because i i don't think i'm either false or modest <laughs> but uh need to be to be honest but but like like I wouldn't buy a book that's like well you know when he was five years old Joe Lenardi picked up a ball and started to dribble and sure. blah 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 uh, like I it, it was it's supposed to be about this phenomena of of college basketball and this little slice of it that people seem to get so crazy about and you know take people behind the curtain if you will and, and I think it does that hopefully in a way that would lead people to think, Hey, you know, that guy, he's, he's, he's kind of interesting. Like, yeah. like I'd like to have a beer with him. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I would like to have a beer with the readers as long as, you know, they're buying. So there you go. <laughs> 
Give me just a little insight into this uh, bracketology phenomena. You refer to it as a science of predicting. What, what do you mean by that? I know you've talked about this many times. Yeah, I think there's an art and a science. Like there is a lot of data. Right. The, the 10 members of the committee are looking at numbers on a piece of paper. Well, on a computer screen. You know, this team's record and and where do these wins fall in this quadrant and strength of schedule and the barometric pressure of Idaho and, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. So, so there's that. And, and it's important for me to have that understanding to, to, to replicate that data so that I have the same numbers in front of me that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, I don't know if, if you and I were charged with building one Liberty place, like it'd probably be good to have the, architectural plans mm-hmm. right well it's good for me to have the same data that they have if i'm going to try and get as close to their work with 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 my brackets having said that they are human right they're not strictly going by computer rankings or there'd be no need for a committee right and i have to try and get inside their heads a little bit based upon how they've handled maybe similar situations, similar teams, similar sets of circumstances in the past. And that's the art part, if you will. And and the only way I know to kind of make that replicated is to do it for a while. Like I've done this for a while now. And, and, you, you know, there's there's kind of like an internal clock or computer in my head for when a certain type of team comes up. And I think, well, you know, the last time we had one of these, they did. Yep. That. So I try and draw on that uh, like a lawyer would in making an argument with case law or a prior ruling or similar testimony what 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 whatever the case may be and 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 i do think my longevity uh has helped to make up for the fact that i'm actually not as good at the analytics as a lot of other people out there uh, i'm more of a words guy than a numbers guy uh even though that would seem kind of counterintuitive to 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 what this all entails yeah but your your technique has been point on for a long time, my friend. So don't, don't sell yourself short. And now, everybody out there, you can have insight into this whole phenomenon called bracketology. Get out there, buy the book. I know I will. I, I've known Joe for a long time, but now I'll get a better understanding of what bracketology is in, in the years to come. Joe, I can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to Talk to me here on Gun on One. It's been a long time, man. I haven't talked to you in so long. It was um, good so to glad see you. You reached out. Uh, yeah, man. Wish you well. You too, brother. Uh, and uh, you maybe you should do a book. Yeah, me. Nobody's going to read a book I write. Hey, look, look. I already proven that you don't have to be able to read a book to write a book. It's true. Because, but, but there's a difference. So you have a national platform, ESPN, behind you. So everybody knows Joe Lenardi. Everybody's intrigued by this March Madness and bracketology. They've been hearing it for years. See, your book would be a whole lot better than anything that I could possibly write. I've always wanted to write children's books, but I, I, I can't sit still long enough. 
I've been talking about writing children's books. I have all these ideas. I've been, been wanting to write children's books for, for years. I can't sit still long enough to get past the word the. All right, Joe? That, see, that's my problem. I can't get past the word the. So skip that and start with Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Joe Lenardi, man, thank you so much. Of course, everybody out there, follow Joe on Twitter and Instagram at ESPN Lenardi. Buy the book, everybody, Bracketology. Uh, if Joe Lenardi puts his name on it, I know it's going to be a great book. Can't wait to see how your final four turns out and who wins it all. Uh, Joe, thank you so much, man. And uh, don't be surprised if you hear from uh, D-Gun again down the road about coming on Gun on One, the podcast, my friend. Can't wait. Be well. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of Gun on One. Once again, brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. For my man, my friend Joe Lenardi, I'm Derek Gunn. As always in parting, I tell all of you stay blessed, but more importantly, continue to be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long, everybody. Gun on One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazi. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.